Hey guys, we're in Hawaii for another Otcast and I am so honoured to have Big Wave legend. Well, he's a legend and he's only 28 years old. He's won the Big Wave World Tour. He's won Jaws three times. It's Billy Kemper. Let's check out what he's up to. Hey guys, welcome to another Otcast. We're in Hawaii on the North Shore and I am, it's an honour actually for me to have 2017 Big Wave World Champion Billy Kemper. Billy, thanks for being on the Otcast, matey. Thank you, it's an honour to be here and uh, it's an honour to be in your presence, man. You've been an idol of mine my entire life and uh, stoked to share some stories with you. Oh, thank you. Wow, where do we start the stories? I mean, it's been a cracker winter so far. You've already won <laughs> the uh, Big Wave, uh, second stop at the Big Wave Tour at Jaws for the second, third time? Third time. Third time. Incredible. You won the World Tour last year, but like the waves have been pumping this winter, right? Did you get much practice before that swell or? No. no. Um, to tell you the truth, I, I literally felt the best I ever felt. I put in like four months of strict training, mentally, physically, working a nutritionist, like um, really, really hard work. And right before the HIC event, I seen a big chope swell and I was like, shoot, I've been training so hard. I might as well go put myself to test on me and Nathan Florence and Cole Rothman decided to go over to go try paddle a big swell. Wow. And first wave, first day of the trip, I fell tore my labrum, my adductor, and my hip in half. And Wow, how long before this? This was October 17th. Okay, so not that long. Yeah, long. so October 17th, and I that day, I was literally in Tahiti for 18 hours. I got on a plane to California that day, went to go see Warren Kramer, who's like an orthopedic surgeon, works yep. with the WSL, and yep. he looked at me and he's like, well, we, uh, we can get you in in two days. Um, open you up and get you back in the water in around three to five months, probably not eight months till you're 100%. And I just like, you know, every emotion in in my body just sunk. Like I, I'd never, I'd never been in that situation in my life. I've dealt with a lot of injuries, but yeah. nothing like that. And especially coming off a world title, like for me, you know, I, I'd never, <laughs> every childhood dream in my life was to win a world title. Yeah. and. I put so much, not pressure, but just so much expectations and really backing it up and just more so performing at a really high level this year. And it was hard. I, I cried, was depressed, pissed off, every, you name it. And uh, luckily I, I kind of avoided the big surgery and I seen a handful of other doctors, physical therapists. And within a month I was, day one of my return of surfing was actually in a jersey in Nazareth. In Nazare, oh my yeah. goodness. So yeah, I um, I didn't really get too much, like I was surfing a bunch leading up to there. We got a really good early pipe swell, Yeah. but nothing as far as the big board stuff mm. until Nazare. And uh, I got home from Nazare, and literally I think the day I got home, I seen something long range and I was like, oh my God. And I just started texting snips and I was like, snips, <laughs> let's go baby. Like this is it that I seen, I could see that swell from so far away. And, yeah. um, the, the direction, the size, everything about it really was 
it was nuts and yeah. um it drew a lot of attention for me and I, I was super pumped for that and that that I mean there's been a lot of swell this year and I think um we're off to a really good start and I feel like the second half of winter is going to be even better even better yeah well if that could get any better I mean I know that you've had all the swells at pipe but that day at Jaws that was huge Billy and I you were the only one that got interviewed because you won your heat, right? Yeah. And you were there, that was the only heat. Yeah. And then they called it off. They had the women first. Yeah. Growing swell. Yeah. Can you talk about that day when you woke up and uh, I know you wanted to keep running. I mean, you won your heat. Yeah. And like, and was it fair because the other guys didn't serve? Yeah, um, you know. The whole, can you weigh that whole situation up for us, please? For sure. Well, similar situation last year when I was up final event, I was in Nazareth for the world title and we knew the wind was coming. We knew the swell was huge. Uh, we went out there and I said, hey, if we start this event, we're finishing this event. Like, no walking away. Like, we're big wave surfers. We train for this. This is what we're supposed to do. You know, we can play our cards right, safe, you know, get in early and pick the right waves. And they ended up calling the event off in Nazareth after my heat, and I was livid because I, it was basically me and Kai Lenny, whoever placed one spot higher was going to win that world title and he was like in the next heat and I just I, I told him I was like I don't care if it's four feet tomorrow I, we're finishing yeah, this right. event I won my heat I'm in the semis <laughs> like there's no none of this calling it off and uh yeah. it was another situation you know where you cut around and I, I just in big wave surfing I, I truly don't feel that's fair mm. and this year with the Jaws event the leading the day the night before <clears throat> when those buoy readings hit I immediately just knew. I said, I was like, you know, I personally thought that they shouldn't have ran the women's. With yeah. that much interval at that wave, it, it just, it turns into a different beast. And mm. um, it turns more into a slab and it's moving much faster, much thicker, and it's really hard to approach. And I was excited. I knew that, you know, the boys were, they're pumped. Um, yeah. You know, when you get Shano and, Albie and Kyle, all the boys, you know, Chumbo, all these guys, Ian, it's on. Like, mm. you throw us all in the lineup and it's 60 feet and barreling, we're, there, there's not going to be pulling. I mean, people are going to pull them back, but mm. we're going to push it and we'll get yeah. ourselves into them. And, well, you were in that first heat. Yeah, I mean, so I was in heat one and I, like, I pulled up on the jet ski that morning with my buddy Matt Miola and I seen... You must have been, first of all, you must have been itching to get out there when the women were Oh, on. my God. I, I just, I pulled it up on my phone because I, I knew that I wasn't going to surf till about 9 o'clock. Yeah. And we're getting ready, launching the jet ski, and I looked at it, and I was just like, oh, my God. It's <laughs> as good as it gets right there. And, like, that's kind of all the adrenaline started kicking in. And um, we uh, we made our way out there. I pulled up just in time for the women's final. It was guts and glory. It was gnarly. They, I mean, they did as well as. Yeah. they could they they really pushed themselves yeah. over and it was inspiring to see you know i think just five years ago there wouldn't be a single girl even thinking about wow. surfing that so <laughs> now to see all those girls like you know they're really pushing themselves and hats off to them yeah i you know at the bottom of my heart i feel like we that was our day for a men's day it was a men's day i think the men should have kicked it off at 7 a.m yeah. we would have finished about an hour after my heat and it would have been right on the max, but uh, just That would have been the pinnacle of surfing. You know, I don't think, I mean, my heat, I, we got out there and Twiggy is like, you know, he's a pioneer paddling mm. and he's seen everything 
and every and like you know he's seen everything in big waves and yeah. to see his face and <laughs> see how tripped out he were like that that was as big as jaws gets uh -huh. let alone hollower than it's ever been and um wow. we had a pretty radical group of guys in that heat you know hippo russell bjork um yeah. alex botello mark healy twiggy and myself like if there is any guys to really capitalize and send it on you know the biggest barrel of a lifetime it, really. it was going to be one of us and that was kind of my goal going into that event i was really uh the year before getting second after winning two years in a row it it hurt mm. um you know ian won that event fair yeah. and square yeah. but i just yeah. i didn't <laughs> i didn't get to perform the way i wanted to okay. it wasn't so i nothing to do with the judging but it was just you know i my rhythm wasn't there and i was so let down i was pissed off you weren't getting sad. the ones that you yeah and i just this year i was like you know guns blazing i'm coming out hotter than ever and i wanted to just i wanted to basically draw a line first wave of the event biggest wave of the event like that was my goal in my head was whether they keep running this event or not today i'm going <laughs> to go out there and i'm going to prove to these guys and just to myself that I can I can catch anything I like anything I put my mind to I can ride it and just basically not just ride the wave like I want to draw lines that people aren't drawing I want to pull in the waves that are bigger than any waves paddled and just take it to a different level and approach it like it's backdoor off the wall and that first wave came and it it just it had an entry and I seen it <laughs> and I just twig gave me a couple yells like go boy go Dude. and I just there's no holding back I was wow. yelling in it that wave was you know ride of a lifetime well we're, people are watching that photo right now and that was a ride of a lifetime I mean you kind of rule that spot because the year you won it it was perfect wasn't it I yeah. mean you just you got a 10 and I mean it wasn't <coughs> like that it was looked so much more chunkier and bigger yeah and it did get bigger didn't it I mean yeah it did after they called it off did you Think, did you have that in the back of your mind all morning that they might call it off because it was going to max out? I called Snips yeah. on the phone before I paddled out and he was on the cliff and I just told him, if I surf, yeah. all four of these heats are surf, all three heats after yeah. me are surf. And I said, we're not cutting this round now. He's like, it's going to get dangerous and big. And I was yeah. like, if we're calling it on, we're calling it on. We can run the first round and call it off, yeah. but I don't want to be the, the, you know, the test dummy. I've done that in Nazareth and it's like, <laughs> I, I was pretty pissed off. I was yeah. let down. Yep. But then again, you know, that call is out of my hand. It's not up to me. It is an event. There's other, you know, there's other perspectives to take into consideration with safety. You know, it's a liability. And mm. at the end of the day, safety comes first. You yeah. know, we all got families. We all got kids. And we got to make sure we get home. Mm. And, you know, I they, they probably did make the best call. Mm. But I think a better call would have been starting us at 7 a.m. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my adrenaline was through, through the, the roof. roof, and I wanted <laughs> to go all the way. I wow. think, I, I mean, I would have if, yeah. like, I was ready. I know you would have. Hundred <laughs> percent. I was psyched. I was, I was frothing, and I was just like, I thought I was gonna go free surf, and then my adrenaline like kind of dropped off after that wave and that beating I took after that, and yeah. I was like, okay, I got a contest to win tomorrow. I'm gonna go in and rest. So it was. Uh, Albie <laughs> went out and snagged a couple. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, yeah. It was fully. It was fully surfable. Yeah, it was, wow. you could get them if you if you um, position yourself right. And I think if we do end up in situations like that in in the in the future, future that maybe they might be more lenient. And 
I think we can run. I yeah. think we can change the criteria of just doing one wave and you double that one wave and it just really lets guys focus on surfing safe and picking one good wave rather than trying to ride multiple waves. That's a great idea. And if, you, if you're not comfortable, sit it out. Sit it out. Yeah. yeah. No, no shame, man. It's not, it's an ego contest. This is, nah. it's pride and joy for me. This is what I love to do and this is what I think I was honestly born for. And yeah. I, uh, I think people, yeah. you know, you, you all have your own opinion. We're all men in life yeah. and you can make your own decision. Yeah. Because we had a contest way back in the day at the Billabong Pro when it was mobile and from Pipe, Sunset and Waimea. Wow. Yeah. Uh. At Billabong event way when I was pretty young. And so they could have it anywhere. And, um, and they, so they, one day it was mobile and we woke up and it was 25 feet and they held it at Waimea. Wow. And we didn't have boards. Everyone was scratching <coughs> for boards. You never knew this? No. You didn't, hey? Yeah, no it was idea. called the Billabong Pro. It was a AAA <coughs> event and it was mobile. Yeah, so MR ended up winning it. The last day was at sunset. But um, we all woke up and we had to ride Waimea and a few guys didn't go out. Yeah, a friend of mine, Gary Green, didn't go out and a guy called Bryce Ellis. And it, they were on tour, but and after that, it was pretty much the end of their careers and they didn't go out. Wow. Yeah, and I went out, I mean, I was really scared, but it was huge and it was perfect. I yeah. mean, like that day, like Marvin Foster was sending it and MR and Derek Ho got like a, the biggest one that closed out the bay and he rode it right up the beach. Wow. And the crowd loved it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was crazy, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's so dangerous that if you're not into it, you're not into it. It's Yeah, and I think, you know. Like in hindsight that day, sorry, um, you know, like, if someone did get really hurt or yeah. killed, then you would have went, well, that's why we called it off. Exactly. Or that, or the, you, know. you know, that is one thing with Mother Nature yeah. that you can't predict. And, like, you gotta, you can't argue it, you know. If the director's event and the safety team aren't comfortable, it's their call. It's in yeah. their hands. I mean, our lives are in their hands. If they're not comfortable with rescuing us, yeah. Yeah. called off. Called off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Let's... so at the end of the day, you know, they yeah. probably made a good call. And yeah. Day two was, it was rough, but, you know, we're lucky at that final, it kind of pulsed. It turned into mm. kind of like a barrel show, and which was cool. I was happy because in the semi, I was like, basically just, let's call this thing off and split the prize purse. Like, mm. this is a joke. Mm. It looked like it was about to be 10 to 12 foot windy sunset. And then we snips, you know, he held ground and was like, Billy, there's going to be a pulse. I'm telling you, like Kevin at Surfline is, <laughs> is convinced that there is a little jump in the, the buoys mm. and you're going to get a flurry of good waves between 11. And um, you guys did. 10, 30, 11. And we did. There was yeah. 24 waves in the yeah. final. And was sick. We got barrels. Guys yeah. were getting eight, seven, sixes. Yeah. Everyone rode waves. So at the end of the day, you know, yeah. Br Bruce told me when I was a kid of getting ready to surf a heat at Hollywood. Bruce Eva. Irons? Yeah, it was like one foot Hollywood left, mm. typical day one of the <laughs> the Hollywood Pro and I was just complaining and he's like Billy two feet or 20 feet there's gonna be a winner just make sure it's you <laughs> I was like, well, I guess that's right you know that no matter what conditions are mm -hmm. somebody's got to win and I think if you position yourself right and you know you work hard enough and put your head to it you can win anything yeah we'll get to like competing a bit more later in regular competition but just I want to know like from like a regular perspective, like myself, I've never like that day at one mile, I was really scared. And, um, you know, so like maybe in my day, like 10, 15 feet was my max. But 
Like Shane Dorian says, like, he sees you wipe out at chores and you come up like, rah, and kind of like it. And he's like, now, for him, he says, I'll take one of them and he wants to sit out the rest of the day. You know, like, how, how, um, what's that wipe like? What's the wipeout like and how can you in actually enjoy it? Because I've never wiped out on a wave like bigger than 20 feet. Is it different than a 10 foot wave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I think just jaws in general is different. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I've had horrible falls everywhere. Cloud mm. break, Chopo, Mavericks, mm. Nazare, Waimea, mm. like you name it. And mm. uh, there's just a different violence out at Jaws. That thing, you have no control in what's going on. I feel mm. like other waves, you, you know, you can get yourself to the surface or, yeah. you know, you can kind of fight it. But you are in Jaws' hands when you fall out there. And there's really all you can do is relax and what do you do? Keep your I try to, or? yeah, you know, like the bad ones, I'll inflate my suit and just yeah. kind of try to hold tight and curl up and just and let just it relax. do what it does with me and hopefully I'll pop up. And, uh, yeah, I've had a couple really bad falls. That fall I had on my second wave this mm. year in that heat was, uh, that was an eye-opener. I actually blacked out on the second wave after that. Whoa. I hit my Two back really hard. Then. No, I, you got I hit my back hard and I got the wind knocked out of me. And it, like anybody, any human out there who's <laughs> got the wind knocked out of you, you know, for about 10 seconds, you have that like, huh, yeah, huh, you where can't you can't breathe. get a breath yeah. of air. And, and I'm watching Hippo jump over like a 50 foot building. And I'm trying to get a breath of air. Before that wave hits you. And I'm just like at the surface and I was inflated and I got like one little <gasps> right when it hit me. And the thing was so violent. It felt literally... I, I just, I felt like I was in, you know, like you see a little stuffed animal in a pit bull's mouth, just rah, like <laughs> ripping it apart. Like that's what I felt like. And I actually touched the bottom Oh wow! and my suit was already inflated. I just started pulling every canister I had. I was just like, oh, you get can me. pull more. N no, I mean, you it just... doesn't do anything, but I was just like, get me. I was yeah. in semi panic wow. mode just cause I, I didn't have any oxygen in me from having the wind knocked out of me. And, um, I finally started coming to the surface and I felt like I was about two, my head was about two foot away. I felt like I was in the foam, in the like turbulence of the white water, coming to the surface and literally my limbs just went completely limp and it just turned into the most silent, peaceful wow. release of my life. Like flashbacks of ki like my childhood memories and um, all of a sudden I woke up to Sean Lopez screaming at me on the back of a jet ski. And uh, I, I, I had no idea what happened. He said he came in to rescue me and my eyes were wide open and I was just completely unconscious. And he did a circle, came back around and started to grab onto me by my jersey and I just woke up screaming. So it was- uh, That is heavy. Yeah. It, and it, you wanted to get back out. <laughs> my adrenaline did, you know. I actually yeah. went back to the ski because I broke my board right there. I grabbed the extra board and my friend Matt Miolo was about to start crying. He's like, you're knocked out. You're not going back out. And I just, you know, I've, I've grown up competing in, in QSs. And yeah. there's, you know, there's defense to professional surfing and competing as well as offense. And I was just like, I got to win this heat. I'm going back out. I'm not going to catch a wave. I'm just taking them deep. And he was like, <laughs> no, you're not. And I was like, yes, I am. And I got on my board and just head down was just Did like you? stroking back to the peak at Healy was on his way back out. I beat him on the paddle no battle, got on the inside of him. <laughs> and I seen Hippo and Twiggy out back, and I was like, I'm gone. I'm gone to I'm the there. country. Yeah, I'm taking them deep. 
and I just pushed and right when we got to the peak the horn blew but I just like I think on my way back to the ski after that I was yeah. like oh. kind of everything started to hit me that I, I just really basically drowned for a second and uh, I'd never done I'd never been in that situation oh that was the worst because I was going to ask you about your worst wipeout, but that maybe it was it. I mean, I've never watched my life flash like yeah, that. Like, yeah. I've had two wave hold you downs. Yep, yep, plenty of them. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I've hit the bottom really hard, yeah. you know, cuts, bruises, whatever, but I've never had that feeling of, like, a life release. Like, it was, it was really peaceful. Wow. And it was something, you know, that, uh, yeah, I've never experienced anything like that, and that night, it put a lot into perspective. Me just FaceTiming my wife and yeah. kids, and they're asking me like, "Did you?" Buy? I was just like, "Uh, no." <laughs> like, trying not to like, you know, go into depth and tell them like how serious it was. But at the same time, it's like, you know, realistically, every time we paddle out there, we put ourselves in God's hands. To you know, you're you're really just <laughs> every wave you stand up on, every session you're out there. You know, your life is on the line 100%. People don't realize, hey, because with this, the vests. They, they and, really don't. Because you don't pull as, that vest every time. I mean, obviously in that situation. No, but in did. contests, I, I like, like, oh, you know, you I'm, get not, up quicker. I'm not somebody who tells, like, you know, I've heard a lot of surfers, like, mm. oh, I, they catch a 50 foot wave and fall. No, I didn't pull my vest, but it's like, why, yeah. why wouldn't you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> because if your board hits you in the head while you're getting yeah. tumbled in the whitewater, your light's out, you ain't coming to the surface. If your thing's inflated and you get hit in the head, at least you're coming to the surface and you're giving, you know, the people who are doing chance, safe for you a yeah. chance to bring you back. And it's, uh, I feel like it's kind of selfish of people. Yeah, I was going to say that. it turns into an ego thing where yeah. I pull mine all the time. I yeah. like to know that it works. It's mm -hmm. consistent. Mm -hmm. And especially in contests, I think a lot of these people don't realize that contests are not just about performing. It's about, you know, endurance. It's about fatigue. Like, you know, people are going to get tired and slowly fade off. And... The more pounded you get, the longer you're underwater, the faster you're going to get beat up and tired. So I use it to the advantage of, you know, just getting myself up and making sure I do come up. That's mm. um, smart. Yeah, it, it mm. is. And I'm not... And you're coming home to your wife and kids. Exactly. I'm not one person to tell you that I don't inflate that thing when I fall. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll inflate it majority of the time. Yeah. If it's, you know, especially if it's a bigger wave, I'll immediately, yeah. probably once I get under and get down pretty deep, I'm pull it out and just get myself to the surface. Yeah, smart. And tell us about your, your wife and kids. Um, you have four kids and when, where did you meet your wife and oh, how I'm, did it all happen? Um, I mean, you know the you know the Surratts really well, I do. Uncle Brian. So yeah. Uncle Brian's um, youngest son, Crew, is yep. a childhood best friend of mine and his wedding, he's got, he might have got married like 15 years ago or something, yeah. maybe 12, I yeah. don't know. I, I think I was like 15 years old. Uh -huh. Um, I was at his wedding and uh, his wife's uh, maid of honor is now my wife but she was there this hot local girl and I'd like <laughs> seen her on the dance floor and I was like trying to dance with her and she did, I, I'm a couple years younger than her and she just laughed at me and I was like god damn it and just like it was funny you know it, it, we always joke about it. she denies it like no you didn't I, yeah, I did I tried to um, I was your, you know, typical underage drunk kid on the North Shore <laughs> trying to get some action, and she just shut me down real fast. So um, it was, uh, it was pretty funny, and we, you know, connected through, through. I connected through her with the Surratts, and um, eventually, actually, it was I, um, I flew, 
I hurt my shoulder in a, a Porto event, a QS event I made the final in uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. I dislocated my shoulder in the final and I flew to California to get some physical therapy and, and crew, Sarad called me and he's like, oh, my wife and her friend Tahiti are gonna be in LA, like, you show them around. I, When I was 20 years old, I liked to have a good time. And, mm. I had all the connections like in the really? world in Hollywood, and <laughs> you know every local kid in Hawaii. You get you put us in in California or in, in Hollywood. We're like you know we're on fire. We love it, you know. Yeah. And uh, I would always go out with a bunch of buddies, and I yeah. I, I took them out, and we kind of reconnected then, and it's kind of just that was it. And now you live in a tranquil, beautiful spot in Hawaii yeah, with know. four kids. How old are they? And uh, we boys, got girls. All boys, all four boys. boys. Yeah, one one year old little lion boy, um, mm-hmm. three year old hazy boy, and then Nigel and Zaya, who are uh, eight, eight and nine. Mm-hmm. So we got a full tribe, and um, it's just like me, all boys. I got three boys too. It, you know, and people are like always looking at me like I'm crazy for having kids at su- such a young age. But then, like, you know, I talked to somebody like Shano, yeah, who's in, you know. He, he's having a hard time keeping up with Jackson because mm. the kid's just full throttle. And, like, <laughs> I think my energy now is perfect for yeah. them. You know, I can take them surfing and I can surf all day with them. And it's motivated me. You know, I didn't I didn't have the sponsors and the opportunities that a lot of kids did growing up. And mine kind of came later in life. And I think my kids have motivated me to, you know, get all these wins and ride these waves. And more so just really work really hard and take every session and every swell for granted um not to you know just go on trips because the waves might be good or you know oh the partying's good there too let's go mm-hmm. there no I'm, I'm not gonna do that i'm really gonna focus on capitalizing on monumental swells and swells that are going to be talked about on events that are standout events and just really enjoying life and you know, performing at my best. And my family brings that out in me for okay. sure. And, you know, the support I get from my wife Tahiti is it's crazy how much she supports me. And, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people don't realize that our wives and these women who raise our kids are, are working the hardest job in the world. And, you know, my kids are healthy, they're strong, they're beautiful. And that's all because of her. And, mm. uh, you know, you know, without, without a mom, yeah, and kids. your mom, yeah. yeah and, you know, Sorry that, to hear about your mom, and she was huge, right, inspiration-wise. Yeah, you know, my mom, my dad was there in my childhood at the beginning, like, you know, the beginning of my years, and um, towards my late teen years, we, we separated and uh, just bonked heads. We didn't, we didn't agree on things, and since I've had my children, I really haven't even, you know, me and my dad just completely parted ways, oh. and uh, my mom was everything to me she raised not only me but she raised my whole neighborhood every one of my best friends you know thanksgiving we'd close off our road and she'd put 20 picnic tables in the center of the road and from sean briley to bruce iron like you name it every heavy hitter everyone (laughs) like here on the north shore we'd have 60 people at our thanksgiving my mom would cook eight turkeys and uh she was you know she wasn't just my mom she was everyone's mom and uh it's taught me so much in life about raising children and and just living you know i think people get really caught up in in themselves and not about the people around them and more so just treating my friends as if they're my family because they truly are you know i don't have a huge family i have i lost my brother eric when i was eight years old 
my brother Carl lives on Maui. He he's like a old he's basically like a dad to me. Yeah. You know, he he raised me more than my own dad did in in my later years of life, and he's been a huge idol of mine. And your brother Eric was amazing surf, eh? Because that was around my he was yeah. around my age. He surfed Waimea huge. Yeah. Didn't he like really big? He done. He switched foot out there. He used to do a spinner on the takeoff. Did you yeah, ever hear of that? Yeah, he did. And he'd he, like take off natural and spin to get goofy on, while he was taking off on yeah. like a twenty-five foot wave. Yeah. Uh, I think Johnny Boy took him out there. He was thirteen yeah. years old, and the beach was closed. It was all over the news, and yeah. uh, it's pretty cool. I actually have an old uh, VHS mm. of him, and uh, they're talking about him being. This was before Derek Ho won the first world title out of Hawaii yeah. they were like Hawaii's big hopes you know Eric Diaz mm. possibly Hawaii's next uh, surfing world champion mm. and he broke every record mm. in as far as like amateur surfing uh, Brian Surratt took him to the NSSA Nationals he won, That's I met Eric at Brian's he house, won yeah. two titles when he was 10 years old he won the open mini grounds the 10 and under and the open boys it was like the 10 to 13 and uh, yeah, he had a, the most radical group of friends and team teammates between him and Bruce and Nainoa Surratt, Kaimana Henry, Andy Irons. Um, you know, the list goes on. Pauly Boy, they're, they're, those kids were on a whole nother level. And it's really cool, the, the brotherhood that I've gotten from all of those guys. They really just straight, like, there was no questions asked. There was no like this, that, it was, immediate little brother to them mm. and uh i have i'm so lucky to have those guys mm. i think you know they're a huge part of my success and i just always had really badass older brothers to look up to and just be a part of you know i was in the scene i was you watch like andy win win that heat against kelly in mm. the finals of pipe masters and i'm standing on the deck between like bruce <laughs> and bork in a little red dehui shirt fat little chubby 10 year old kid like yeah, Bruce or Andy, like, you know, I was right there in the mix of it, and it's cool, you know, I, I talk a lot to, to Kyborg about it, and he's seen me, you know, from the bottom to the top, he, mm. he's seen me asking, you know, Ronnie, all these guys at companies, oh, Oakley guys, can I get a pair of glasses, can I put a sticker on my board, like, I never had the, those contracts or those opportunities when I was a kid, and, mm. um, you know, it's cool that people seen that and see where it's all came from. And I think just being in the mix and seeing the evolution of surfing and just the people, everything, the camaraderie that, you know, the testosterone of the North Shore. Yeah. It's, this place is radical. It's, it's no right, joke. It? Yeah. And it's no joke. I mean, the North Shore is <clears throat> rad, um, Billy, because, I mean, you won Sunset, the HIC, like yeah. it was a few... 2010, I think, or? Yeah, I actually won that. You were quite young. Yeah, I won that actually a week after Andy, uh, his oh, wow. funeral. They, they called, they postponed the event on that first well because of Andy's funeral. And I flew to Kauai with Sonny for his funeral and I flew home and I won it the next day. And it was kind of like chicken skin feeling just because Andy and Bruce used to stay at my house in Maui when I was like, you know, four, four years old, five years old, six years old. I just have these vivid memories of them and just knowing that, that that's who they are now or like, you know, that's where Andy got to winning that many world titles, being, you know, the most dominant Hawaiian surfer in history, like at, up until, you know, his, his, his way out was, um, it was pretty cool that I got to experience that as yeah. a ch child and 
to win that event. I, I, I don't think people knew that, you know, a lot of, I mean, you do, a lot of the old school guys knew who my brother was, but at this day and age, a lot of people nah, don't, don't remember who yeah. my brother was and how radical and how good he was at surfing. And uh, I think just, you know, my brother gave me a lot of inspiration and in being able to see and be around mm. those guys. It, it meant so much to win that event, and I was young. I had mm. Nainoa Surat catting for me, <laughs> so I, I had, I, you know, I had the home turf advantage with Nainoa there, and uh, it was cool <clears throat> to win that event. I've, I've had really, you know, I've had really good results out at Sunset. Yeah. I've, I've, That's what I want to talk about, because the QS, there's two ten thousands here, and I know you've dabbled in the QS, you know, and you're still quite young. I mean, yeah. you know, you got a 10 there the other day. You actually had Sunset and and the um, Jaws event running kind of at the same time. Yeah, I went four you, you, days in a row. I four went days sunset, in a row. two days at Jaws and back to Sunset. Yeah. And it was just like... And you had a 10 at Sunset yeah. before you went over to Jaws. I mean, <coughs> would you like to be on this tour? I think it would be a great addition having some wave, someone from the big wave tour on tour because you do well in, you know, waves like Joe yeah. Poo and Pipe, obviously. Yeah. You know, you could win those. And um, if, you, if you like, if you won however in Sunset, and that's your deal you could get on tour do you ever dream of that or i mean obviously as a kid it was a dream and i actually out of high school i went i did the qs um i traveled with like barca and makua to the uh -huh. maldives i've done a bunch of primes and even uh two years ago i made like you know round before quarters i think at holiva and then i made quarters at sunset mm. and i was in like, just a few more I was, I was like 50th <laughs> on the qs yeah, right. and <laughs> And the guys at Reef were like, hey, you should maybe go do Bolito because Bolito's ahead. Like, you know, it, it could can. Get, could get it punchy. did that one time. Yeah, so I, I went to Africa. I did it. Um, yeah. I did the U.S. Open. Just, you know, the event's kind of close. And just, just in case, you know, if anything ever happened, it'd, it'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe if Cloud Break got back on there. But yeah. I, I would love, you know, like waves like Margaret's. I've been to Margaret's. Mm. I, I love that place. You know, I feel like my surfing would, would suit mm. that wave well. Yeah, and me too. Bells and all those mm. waves. JB, I'd love to, you know, surf events out there but you know, my my focus right now is just um you know i reckon they should bump like the hic up to like a six star yeah and, and then, also and, the vulcan yeah I think. and then the vulcan yeah. and then because it's only fair like they're they're, they're waves that you're gonna need to exactly surf I, in I, the big wave i, I mean, see the all these top. guys on tour a lot of these guys qualify and they get on and they just they disappear get erased. Yeah. they disappear <laughs> and on the qs you're like that's a nuts to surf forever mm. But you put them against Mick out at Bells, and you're just like, see you later, well, buddy. And then, and then Pipe and Chubby just eats them right Yeah, up. and it's like, you know, it's a whole different game. You're up there with the heavyweights, you know. You you got to bring bring everything you got to swing with those guys. Um, but I, I'm not, you know, it's not something that I think about or, you know, I'm really pursuing is trying to qualify for that. Um, yeah. For me, the Triple Crown is, like, where my heart's at. I want to yeah. win that Triple Crown yeah. so bad. I've made the quarters out at the world cup I, I haven't cracked the final i've made the one stars the three stars the four stars i've won like three or four events out at sunset and i'm just like i'm itching to get in there i thought this year was my year i felt mm. so good and i just small mistake small um, round of 64 yeah it's all good you know i I've, i'm at a point where I think I'm, I'm not really losing. I, I just, I learn. It's more of a learning experience and there's a loss. And, uh, you know, when you got kids and beautiful wife, it's nothing to be angry about. You can't be punching <laughs> your boards and pissed off. You know, mm. obviously in, deep inside, you know, as a competitor, you are. Mm. But I try not to let it get to me. I more so go back to my, my coach, Kahea, and just go to the drawing board and 
see what I did wrong and make sure that I don't make those mistakes again. And you know, I, I love I love competing here in Hawaii, and I that's my goal is to just stay consistent, be in the Triple Crown every year, and win that thing. Mm. That's what I want to do. I want to win the Triple Crown. Uh, that's like yeah, that to me is like you know that and the Big Wave World Tour yeah. title. Those those you know that's it. That's what I want. That fills you up. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And just and really focusing on on swells that you know take then, more attention than some of these big events look we got a parrot <laughs> wow <laughs> um but yeah, yeah just you know when those huge cloud break swells roll in in summertime you're on yeah, your way or yeah. like a huge chopes south thought, like yeah. all kinds of little hidden miss yeah. spots um I'm, I'm really into that and that's where i want to see the big wave world tour I want to see them transition not into just the huge, these big Nazareth, like who can ride this tall wave and go straight mm. on a big mush burger. I want to see like... Take it to slabs. Yeah, why not a like a maxed out paddle swell at Chopes? 12 to 15 foot. Like, I want to see these guys grab their rail and stick it under mm. a 12 footer. Like, Andy did it. Exactly. Or like, <laughs> you know, a, a, a 12, does it. 12 yeah. to 15 foot paddle day at ship turns. Wow. Are you kidding me? Like... Even a big wave event at Cloud Break, like that's where I want to see the big wave world tour. I want to see it. I want to see Mavericks and Jaws stay on there, mm. but I want to see really technical barrel riding and heavy wave surf. It's got to happen. It has to because mm. that's where the money, I think that's where everyone's going to mm. be like, wow, these guys are the baddest yeah. motherfuckers on the planet. It's got to <laughs> happen, man. It's so got to that, happen. Like, that's, what, that's where I want to see it. And I think we have the right crew of guys, you know. Lucas Chumbo, mm. um, Nathan Florence is on there now, you know, Kai Lenny, Albie, myself. Like, I feel like even, like, you know, Ian Walsh, all of us, like, Makua, there's the right group of people there to push it. And, you know, you still got Twiggy pulling in mm. the biggest I know, how was ever, that? And the guy's 45. Like, that's it. That is crazy. He's ready. He's psyched. Like, he ain't going to pull back. <laughs> yeah. That, that, like, I think that's where we got to go. We got to get some really heavy slabs in, in the mix mm. with um to mix in with riding you know even if you're only riding a seven six or whatever it is eight oh at 20 foot cloud break that that'd be a day to watch and that's where i want to see the big wave world tour go so hopefully, the, they're, hopefully they're gonna they're gonna listen to you because that's the future it I mean, is and it's, yeah. and it's staring right at you yeah it's these a, waves are right the there events have ran there mm. through the wsl so yeah why can't we get an event there? why not so billy what do you think your scariest wave on the big wave world tour would be to compete at I mean, because you haven't done Mavericks yet. I haven't, but I, I love that wave. Mm. I think Hawaiians adapt to that place really well. Um, it's a slabby big right. For me, it's kind of like a wave in the middle of Jaws and Waimea. Mm -hmm. It has a scooping takeoff like Waimea does, but then it's, it's a bit longer and it does have a pretty sick barrel if you can position yourself right, like Jaws. Mm. Uh, you know, so, every big wave is scary. Yeah. Uh, you, if somebody's telling you it ain't, they're lying to you. Um, I, I can guarantee you put any big wave surfer in the world in certain conditions and their tail will go between their legs and they'll be scared. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Nazare, there's so much risk for such little reward. Um, I mean, up until this year's event, I've never seen somebody make a barrel in my life out there, let alone seen a wave really barrel like cleanly. Mm. Seen, I mean, I, hands down, I think the tallest wave in the world's gonna be there. Like, you know, you could go toe into easily a hundred foot wall out there for sure, but it it just doesn't do what Jaws does. Mm. And 
growing up toe surfing out at Jaws and now paddling out there, I've seen waves that are just mesmerized in my head. They're just like tattooed on my brain. Mm. Just 80 foot rifling barrels. And with light no one on them. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that, that to me You're is like, the nicest wave there. in the world. Yeah. It's put, I mean, you take any one of these guys, the nutsest guys in the world, and you put them at the peak on a big dead jaws, and there's like enough shooting. west in it where it's scooping and basically looks like a whole arena bending at you. And it's nuts. It, the bigger it gets, the heavier it gets. And it's not like a wave where it gets too big, it yeah. kind of gets mushy. It just gets hollower and hollower and hollower. And that, there, there's nothing in the world like it. And so that's the wave. Yeah, it is. You, and like if somebody how? wants to argue with me, let's sit down. <laughs> let's and sit down. I got facts on facts on facts about that. Yeah. So do you pound. think it won't? Like, I mean, you're going to get one blue moon swell that's going to be like maybe 100 feet. And yeah. do you think it won't close? It'll just be perfect and oh, big? Oh, per, uh, 100%. 100%? That, the way that out. reef is, I mean, let's get Laird down here and talk to him. He's seen 100-foot <laughs> waves out there. <laughs> yeah. Like, legitimately, I, you know, I've talked to Double D about it before. Yeah, yeah. He, Double D was the first guy to ever tell me. Derek Dona, yeah. Yeah, and he's, um, you know, those guys are the pioneers. That's their wave. That's not our mm, wave. Those mm. guys they are the ones who started that place and without them there would be no us and hats off to that whole crew between laird double d you know dave kalama buzzy kerbox you know everyone the lopez brothers um you name it brian kailana pete cabrina um the list goes on and on but you know long story short that's their that's their proving grounds that they they pulled the sword from the stone there. You know, that that is their wave. And they they pushed us to where we are now. And um, they've seen waves out there that we haven't seen. Because, I mean, realistically, what we're doing now has only been going on. It hasn't even been going on for 10 years, mm. you know. About six years of really pushing it. Eight years, you know, the guys were having a sniff. But... Mm. The last five to six years has been a big change, and with the paddle surfing, it's been towed for years and years mm, and years. Yeah, right. So they've seen more swells oh, than we've seen. Oh, yeah. There. And yeah. you know, Laird, I mean, I'm 28 years old. Yeah. How uh, does anyone know how old Laird is? You know, <laughs> he's Laird. I, I, he was on the outcast. Um, he's my age, isn't he? Or a little long? He's like nearly 50. He's got to be around 50. I think he's in his mid 50s. Mid 50s. So fit, yeah. So he's seen. Oh yeah. yeah, he's been surfing that wave for way before years. I was born. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know those. They, there's been swells that we haven't seen, and um, yeah, I, I, that wave. I've never seen a wave where it looked too big out there. The bigger it gets, the nutser it gets. So wow. that that for me is hats off the nutsest wave on tour, without a doubt. Wow, and it scares me more than any place. In the world. <laughs> yeah. So you want one of those waves? I mean, you've had. <laughs> You know, I just, I, you know, there's a wave, and that wave I caught yeah. in that first heat was a wave that I've been looking to ride for, you know, mm. my whole life. I've dreamt about that wave. I drew that wave on on my mm. notebook in school, and mm. teachers were telling me I wasn't going to ever be anything in life, and I was a, a horrible kid, and I wasn't going to make money. I was going to be this piece of shit, and this and that, and I drew that photo every day, that big <laughs> barrel. And I had it right there, and, you know, I think... I was like one pump away. I got the entry. I got the right yeah. line into it. But that, you know, that I want, I want to make, I don't, I, I don't really don't care about riding the tallest wave oh, in the okay. world. 
Like I don't. You want to get the day? I'm not going to go to Nazareth and try to paddle an 80 foot glassy day. Mm. I, I honestly, that it does nothing for me. I want in my brain what makes me feel good, and the waves I want to ride is the biggest barrel, the biggest deepest barrel I can get myself into that's what I'm after and yeah. that's what my heart wants to do and I'm just kind of going where I'm where I feel and uh, I think a lot of people get caught up thinking that you know you're gonna you're gonna make it if you ride the biggest wave ever or this and that or mm. I, I really could care less about that it doesn't mean anything to me for me it's just overcoming what I want to do and and conquering it mm. and uh, working my way there I'm getting closer every day <laughs> this year so Billy, let's talk about training because like you've hit like golden form in the last you know half a dozen years you know since 2010. So what is it down to, and uh, is it training and everything that you do because yeah. you're such a healthy prime specimen? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It it's support, and I think if there's one person to really you know thank and give credit to, it's Kahe Hart. Okay. Uh, I've known him forever, um, my whole life. Since I was eight years old, I moved over here. Um, Great surfer him. himself. Exactly. And when I was 19, 20 years old, he's seen me just at probably too many parties, hanging out <laughs> with too many girls, and just kind of no cares in life, just going. Yeah. And um, he threw me under his wing, brought me in the train, and it was kind of all history from there. We connected on a whole nother level and he's became like family to me. He, um, he's, it's so much more than just training, but realistically the whole surf results and my mental strength and physical strength is all because of him. He's, uh, we've put so much time in the gym and I've, I've learned so much that, you know, it, sometimes the you know the person with the most talent in the room mm. might not be the best surfer or 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 win the one winning yeah because <laughs> there's there's that person who doesn't have the most talent but they'll work twice as hard you know they're spending after hours in the gym with them they're they're you know looking at everything they did wrong in the past rather than just showing up to compete you mm. know i i take it really seriously i work with a team of nutritionists matt and sheree chan um it's pretty like obsessed of how deep we go with this uh mm. like literally i weigh out every meal i eat to the gram i get daily prescriptions on how many macronutrients i can eat um i train with kahea seven days a week uh leading up to the winter and and now, when, you're, when you're leading up to an event too there's is there beers on the program or that's no 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 nothing. no no beers no, no. alcohol <laughs> no nothing alcohol, yeah nothing. uh you know, I enjoy myself. You know, I, I after a celebration. Yeah, I yeah. told myself this year I, I'm not gonna drink until I win. No. And, I, and you had a must had a beer after Jaws. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I I had a beer after Jaws. Um, I I actually, you know, I broke that. I, I had a couple beers on my wedding. I got married this oh, year. Yes, on congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, we yeah we really try to just focus on on the future and, and not really what's happened in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, our mistakes, we definitely bring them up and we make sure they don't happen, but we we just, we train, we work hard. We have a great group of people I bring in. I don't care if you don't know how to surf. I don't care if you're a drug addict trying to get out of drugs or if you're, you know, and somebody who needs help. You know, we open the doors up at our gym and we bring you in. You know, I got little groms coming and training with me. I got, you know, people who have 
help me get to where I'm at. Like Makua Rothman coming and training with me. I got Jamie over like the, you know, there's all different people. I Lucas Chumbo, somebody who's battling for world titles with me on the Big Wave World Tour is coming in now, and uh, it's just cool. You know, it it it's it's no secret. It's just straight up hard work yeah. and putting in the miles rather than you know just talking about it. We we really we we put everything aside and work hard and. It's um it's been an unbelievable experience working with Kahea and for me I look at all these other trainers and mm. all these the all these kids training with people in these gyms and uh, you know do do their trainers know how to surf and you know <laughs> how do they know how their knees work or yeah. how how paddling truly affects you and you know what to tighten and what to work on and Kahea sir like I'll be the first person to tell you he. Ta is talented he will surf better than me and like he he's an absolute <laughs> talented amazing surfer you know he, he really is it's surprising that he hasn't won a, a triple crown mm. um from yeah, pipe, he says sunset so good sunset holiva pipe he's such a weapon and mm. it's really easy for me to listen to him because he knows what my body needs he knows what my surfing needs and, and he's believable <laughs> yeah he, he is he you know his surfing does the talking and we've created this formula of People always ask me, what kind of training do you do? Like, what do you do? Do you do CrossFit? Yeah. Do you do mixed martial arts? Yeah. Do you do, you know, speed and agilities? And we've created our own formula. Wow. We do all kinds of stuff that has CrossFit, you know, workouts involved. We do speed and agilities. We do endurance stuff. We do ocean work, like the underwater stuff that Larry's doing in the pools. Yeah. We do stuff down at Waimea. We do surf training. This last couple years, we've got in this, it's called foundation training. Mm -hmm. um, and that it, it's crazy what this stuff's doing to you man the the alignment the posture and truly how much it helps your body it, it's crazy what it's done to me and i think it's kept me from getting hurt in a lot of heavy situations it's strengthened my body in in places that i never knew needed to be worked on and um it, it's really cool i think anybody Anybody who's interested in it, it's so easy. You can literally look it up online, yeah. apply, like you, you can watch videos and do it in, in your living room watching TV. And it, it helps you from literally the way you're looking at your phone from like this of just everything wow. aligning your body and, you know, just recovering fast. I, I mm -hmm. feel like I don't ever have to recover when I'm training. Mm -hmm. I can train for two hours and go straight back into a training session, you know, maybe some boxing two hour, four hours later with, you know, one of my buddies, Kyle Foyle, who's a ex-professional fighter mm -hmm. and a Muay Thai specialist, black belt in jiu-jitsu. And um, that's the kind of things where I, I like spreading my wings and not just going to one gym or, or seeing one trainer. Yeah. is really open to me seeing what other people are doing and just making sure I'm really well-rounded and just having everything in our, our little formula that we have and we've created this solution that, you know, for me when, I, when, I'm, when I'm doing it and when I'm working with them, I, I truly feel like I'm unstoppable. Like I yeah. feel like, you know, the only just... person that can beat me is myself. And mm -hmm. that, that, that as a professional athlete, I think is the main goal. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it works and I'm very grateful to be working with him. Oh, great. So Billy, I just watched the Born and Raised clip on Surfline. That was super cool. Tell us about that. Oh man, where do I start? Mm -hmm. um, I was really fortunate, you know, there's a really talented um, friend of mine and uh, videographer, editor, 
you name it. He's all he's into everything. Etienne Aurelius. He grew up a really rough childhood. You know, he had a wild upbringing, and he has done so well. You know, he, he's there's a lot of things that people don't know about him, and he is at a place where he really wants to capture real life things, and his goal is to, you know, just find the fundamental rules of life and share them with other people to help people and to just you know bring people bright light bring you know there's so many people who fight in life for for happiness and healthiness and uh that i feel like that's really where we're at and we we wanted to make uh, an impact and not here in hawaii but more so just worldwide and uh you know, a couple of years ago, uh, I mean, a year and a half ago, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, and it was um, it was the the beginning of the year of that the year I won the world title, and he wanted to document kind of me that year, um, the the previous year I won the Jaws event, and yeah. he documented my ride of the year, and we had all this you know, really good footage and he, he was really, you know, attracted to what was going on in my life and he just seen a story that could, you know, help so many people and he had, you know, the backing and the help from, you know, one of the biggest stars in all of acting right now, Jason Momoa. Yeah. And he, you know, he, he pushed him to, to create this film on me and we documented my year um, from event to event and everyday life here at home and it was uh it was you know it's a it was a it was a, it was really hard it was something mm. I, you know we had this done for a couple months and i didn't know what to do or mm. how to do it and i was like where do i put it like how to you know it's personal and mm. my mom's on there mm. and it it's it's truly how my year went and how i won the world title and how i competed and my relationships at home with my children, my wife, you know, everything. And um, I put it in his hands and I just said, let's do this. Let's, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to be happy with myself if I don't share it with other kids yeah. and other people to be inspired to, yeah. you know, no matter how hard and how difficult life is, that there's always there's always a way to find motivation in a negative, you know, place to turn it into positive. And for me, you know, I was at a place where I thought, you know, I mean, doctors are telling me I didn't know how long I was going to see my mom. And I was just like, I'm done surfing for now. Like I can, I have the rest of my life to surf. And I was like, all right, I just want to spend time with my mom. Nothing else in the world matters to me. And, um, my mom just straight up was like, if you literally don't do these events, if you don't go out there and, and do what like I raise you to do, then I'm I'm stopping everything. Like I'm pulling the pl I don't care. Like I, I she wanted to see me succeed and that's what a perfect parent does. And I've learned that and I've gained that now to my knowledge to how I raise my children and uh it wasn't just me who won those events or that world title. It truly was my mom. Like she, she pushed me to the top, and to have that all documented was 
it was really hard, but at the same time, I have that for the rest of my life with me. And I can always reflect back to it. And there's a lot of things that aren't, aren't told and <clears throat> aren't, aren't, that aren't on that, on that, yeah. uh, on that uh, movie. But, you know, in the future, I really, when I find, you know, we want to find somebody to give us a platform to open up and make a complete film and really just inspire people to never give up and people to just, you know, fight through the rough times and, you know, the best time of their life might be on the other side of that rough time. And that's what it was for me. You know, I, I, I just put my head down and I was told like, you know, my, every time I paddle out to surf or mm. compete, I, I consistently tell myself, you know, I fight and I never give up just exactly like my mom. And that's who she was. And that's how she raised me. And that's why I'm here with what I have, you know, that's why I have a family and mm. kids, why we have a house and, you know, a beautiful yard. And it's because she taught me this and I, I want to pass it on to people that, mm. you know, take what you've been taught and pass it on to others, share it with other people and, and just really give them motivation to always find a bright light and use it to be a better person. That's crazy. Yeah. You're, unique, you're such a unique person like because you ride those waves that yeah. people probably just can't gather, but that was such a powerful message. Yeah, you know, it, it is, and that's what you know, I'm happy to share with people. It's hard, it's emotional, but mm. I've been somebody my whole life that I wear my emotions, I wear what I say, it's on my sleeves, you know. Mm. I, I'm not scared to tell you how I feel, mm. and I tell it how it is, and I'm, I'm happy to help people, I'm happy to share my message, and just really motivate people to be the, the best they can be. Epic. On a lighter note, for your fans and my viewers, what does someone, what don't we know about Billy Kemper? Is there any little kind of superstitions oh. or weird stuff? I'm so superstitious. Are you really? Fuck. Um, I'm me? <laughs> you asked my wife about this. It's like, I win my first heat. Those board shorts are not getting washed. <laughs> they're not being, like, they're going same heat. They're going, like, if I wear a certain pair of clothes down the sunset and I win my heat, those clothes stay on me for the rest of the event. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm super in routine. I'm super superstitious. Um, yeah. well, I know, like, you know, I, there's all kinds of funny things. It, yeah. Actually, my biggest... It leads into so many things because I'm really superstitious too. Yeah, for sure. And my... like, so many... You mind by tricks on you. Oh, like, yeah. You want to see so many signs if you don't see them. Oh, I've, I've literally <laughs> paddled out in a heat like a, and caught myself where I didn't do something and I'm like, oh my God, I just lost. And I lost. <laughs> and you I'm like, oh my God. Like it, it, it realistically, crazy. you know, you overcome those yeah. obstacles and you make it happen when you, when you have to. But uh, there's a, a, for me, my biggest fear in life are cats. Really? Yeah, cats can straight up kill me. I'm so allergic to them. Oh no. Well, so a lot of people mine. don't think that. Or, like they just trip That's your out. kryptonite right oh, there. Oh, I see cats, I'm just like, ah! Like <laughs> a lot of, it's something for people to laugh at, you know? Like cats, kittens, my kids want cats. I'm like, hell no. No cats on my property. And um, yeah, that's something nobody, I mean, besides my close friends and family know. <laughs> yeah, I am not a cat person and yeah. Other than that, you know, there's, yeah. I mean, there's not much that people don't know. I, I, I wear my life, I talk about my life with yeah. everyone and I'm, I'm not scared or, you know, a shy person to share my story or anything that's going on in my life. It is what it is. And you want to know something, just ask me. Yeah. Yeah. That was absolutely sensational, Billy. Thank you. Thank I'm you. Such a privilege to be here with you. Uh, oh, you know, wow. you've, 
from the dance floors at the house here on the North Shore, the big parties. <laughs> I was going to say, have you got any questions for me? <laughs> oh, man, I could pick your brain for hours. But, uh, yeah, nah, it's all good. I, no, yeah. I, I would love to ask you something. Like, okay. what, would, what do you feel like has been your biggest key to success in, in your competitive surfing? Wow, and we talk about superstition. As, aside <clears throat> from your amazing talent. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. you know, I know that you can Thank get, you, jump on a board without <laughs> surfing for months. No, I, I've yeah. seen it and I know mm. it. Aside from the surfing, what do you think yeah. has been your biggest key yeah, to success? Okay. It's a good question. And uh, people might think it's weird, but it's actually persistence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I started so young and, um, and I was knocking on the door, but it was too early for me. I was... I was still partying and everything too, and uh, I wasn't realizing how close I was to like greatness. I was too young; the world was moving too fast. And then I had my hiatus and put on a lot of weight, but just the persistence in wanting to get back there. And then once I got back there, I matured up, but I was still persistent. And all the losses just don't let them get to you, because you can still win. Like, and the persistence paid off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Write that down. Unreal, guys. That's another podcast. Thank you, Billy. Yeah, boys. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Okay, there's too many jellyfish.